Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuck Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Thursday night with you. 404-726-0929. 404 726 0929. That is our phone line. We're asking the question. I'm asking the question. Dang it. I'm asking the question. Where does Kyle Pitts rank among tight ends in the NFL? Where does he rank among tight ends in the NFL? Do I think that Kyle Pitts has the ability to be the best tight end in the NFL? Yes. I do think that he can be a game-changing tight end. Do I think he's the best right now? No. No. That's reserved for Travis Kelsey. Now, when I've talked repeatedly on the show about the idea of he's got to be Kelsey-like, Day-Day, here is Travis Kelsey's last three years, his three-year average, right? Not just last year, but for the last three years. He's averaged 144 targets, 102 receptions, 1,293 yards, 11 touchdowns with a 71.2% catch percentage. Okay? So 102 catches, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. That's his three-year average. Now, Kyle Pitts last year, and this is not all his fault, obviously, but... The big number that stands out to me, one is the touchdowns. He's got three touchdowns in two years. Now, again, he only played 10 games last year, but in 25 games, he's got three touchdowns. Travis Kelsey has averaged 11 touchdowns a year for three years in a row. A year, 11. Our guy's got three for his career. The catch percentage is what really concerns me, not because it's all Kyle Pitts' fault, because you divide the number of receptions by targets. And last year, Kyle Pitts had 59 targets with only 28 receptions, 47.5%. Now, that's all on Marcus Mariota, because he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Kyle Pitts would get open, and they could not make a play to him down deep. That's all on Marcus Mariota. I don't I don't want to hear anything else. I mean, again, yes, you can have some drops and different things like that, right? And Pitts has had um uh if I go to the um uh, I have to go to 
his uh, his other metrics and stuff like that. But I, I I don't have the drop percentage on on this on this here. But he certainly has some drops. But a large part of that is because our quarterback couldn't throw it throw it in the ocean if he had to. So I expect that number to go up. I, I expect his catch percentage to go up. But when I talk about Travis Kelsey, like if we're going to – Travis Kelsey is a real game changer, right? Now, do I think, by the way, Kyle Pitts is number two? I don't think he's number two either. I, I think George Kittle is a guy I, – I would put George Kittle as the number two tight end in football. Last season, 60 catches, 765 yards, but 11 touchdowns with a 70% catch percentage. Now, by the way, that's Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Trey Lance throwing to him. Okay? Not exactly Tom Brady and A.A. Ron. So he's he's still got a 70% catch percentage. But on 60 catches, he's got 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns in 60 catches. Then from there, it gets a little bit tricky. Um... You know, the other guy that, that I really like in this discussion is Mark Andrews of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And obviously, you know, in some ways, we should look at Kyle Pitts like Mark Andrews because you've got a, you've got a quarterback that, you know, should feature a guy like that. Andrews, by the way, um, eight, uh, sorry, 73 catches, 847 yards, and five touchdowns last year. Now, again, that is with um, who was the guy? Huntley was it Huntley? That was th- Tyler Huntley that was throwing to him. Obviously, Lamar didn't play a whole year, so that's a lot of um, Tyler Huntley throwing to him. Andrews, by the way, the year before, one hundred seven catches, thirteen hundred and sixty-one yards, and nine. Touchdowns. By the way, Andrews has got um, 34 touchdowns in five years. 34 touchdowns in five years. So he's averaging almost seven touchdowns a season, right? He's had a 10-touchdown year, a a seven-touchdown year, and a nine-touchdown year. He's averaging almost seven touchdowns a year for five years running. And that's why I say Kyle Pitts – to be a game-changing guy for where he was drafted. this If this isn't fair, I'm sorry. But he's got to be Travis Kelsey-like. He's got to have that kind of impact. And while we talked about Jesse Bates last night, that it's not necessarily all about the numbers, when you have Kyle Pitts, it's about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. Travis Kelsey isn't a 1,026-yard guy. He's a 1,400-yard guy. He's not a two-touchdown guy. He's, you know, last year was a dozen touchdowns. 11 touchdowns, 9 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in the last three years. That's where our guy has to be. 1,416 yards, 1,125 yards, 1,338 yards. That's where our guy has to live. 72% catch percentage. That's where our guy has to live. 12.2 yards per reception. That's where our guy has to live. Pitts is there with the yards per reception. But the catch percentage, the touchdowns, 
and the yards are all drastically off. And I, I certainly know that Desmond Ritter is going to play a big part in all this, right? Because, again, we talk about four things have to happen before Kyle Pitts can go out there and make plays. You've got to have your line block. You've got to have your quarterback. He's got to be able to have time in the pocket. He's got to be able to throw. He's got to make an accurate throw, right? All these things that have to happen. So that's why when we talk about Kyle Pitts needing to have this kind of year, he's got to be in that top one, two, three discussion. And I think he's close. I think I think that he's he's close to that. I, I don't I don't think he's one two three in the NFL. I think Mark Andrews is probably the third best tight end, and Kyle Pitts is probably you know somewhere below that, right? Just just probably below. Um, if you want to say Darren Waller is a guy, um, okay. I, I mean I won't I won't have much of an argument with that. But again, um, you know Darren Waller is a guy who you know has played for a He's had a good quarterback, but he hasn't necessarily played for a very good team. And Waller's been a guy, um, obviously the injuries and things like that, disappointing year last year. But at his peak, 2020 in the pandemic year, 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. That's in 73.8, let's call it 74% catch percentage. 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. 74% 74% catch percentage. That's where our guy's got to live. That That's where our guy has to live. Or it starts to get to be, okay, I mean, what what is Kyle Pitts? I'm not saying it's a make or break year or anything like that, crazy. But it's time for him to step up and, and have that Travis Kelsey kind of year. You can't tell me, you can't brag to me about guys being unicorns and then you know, we're, we don't have the yardage. We don't have the touchdowns. I mean, isn't a unicorn supposed to be a guy that would score a lot of touchdowns? And yeah. that, that what a unicorn would be? Yeah. You know, Waller, who only played six games, or I should say played nine games and started six last year, he still had three touchdowns. He still had three touchdowns in nine games and six starts. It's not a bad number. And obviously, he's been battling injuries for the last two years. But he had back-to-back almost 1,200-yard seasons. And then he peaked at nine touchdowns in 2020. That's got to be where our guy lives. 90 receptions in 19, 107 in 2020. Like, that's where our guy has to live. London and all these kinds of guys, again, they'll get their touches and all this, that, and the other. But our guy... Our guy's got to figure out a way to be in that Travis Kelsey discussion. He's got to be able to influence a game. And when we talk about, okay, how do the Falcons get themselves to be an elite team in the red zone? Well, that's got to start with Kyle Pitts. And I mean it's got to start with Kyle Pitts, right? He's got to be that kind of difference maker for our I'll even take for Kyle Pitts. If you told me Kyle Pitts was say, receptions, 800 yards, and 14 touchdowns, okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm about scoring touchdowns with with guys like that. When I have Pitts and some of these guys, it's all about what they can score touchdown-wise. And, again, I don't want to hear about, you know, double-teaming and all this kind of stuff. Everybody gets double-teamed in the NFL. Everybody gets doubled and triple-teamed in the NFL. Yet everybody can always find a way to score touchdowns except our players, right? 
Julio, Pitts. Like, we got all these unicorns, and we never find a way to capitalize on them, right? Everybody gets double-teamed. Did A.J. Brown ever get double-teamed? Does Mike Evans get double-teamed? That those guys figure out ways to get it done, right? So that's why I say Kyle Pitts has got to have that kind of year. We have to start talking about him being in the top, 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 top tier of tight ends in the NFL. Now that he's in his third year, okay, we see quarterbacks all the time make that big leap in their third year. Well, I need Kyle Pitts to make that big leap in his third year as well. And that's, you know, truthfully, it's going to be 100-plus catches, 1,200-plus yards, and at least 10 touchdowns. If he can get that, now we got something. Because our offense will be really good if he's leading the way with those kinds of numbers. And we will be that 67%, I think, you know, uh, red zone type of offense. We'll be in those kinds of numbers that we're looking for, right? 67% red zone touchdown numbers. That's where we got to be. And a lot of that's going to start with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, a lot of it's going to start with those two guys. But now it's time for Pitts to be a unicorn and figure out how to be a true difference maker in the NFL. All right, when we come back, it'll be time for That's Life. Um, Rule number one, never touch the animals, plus our top ten as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at the Kia Studios, 920. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Honestly, absolutely catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316 at the D. Lewis for real. Get to our top 10 here in just a little bit. Um, Day Day. Yes, sir. Says Yellowstone National Park um, has had to euthanize a bison calf because of encounters between a park visitor and the calf. So, says that officials at Yellowstone National Park say they were forced to put down a newborn bison calf after another unfortunate encounter between a park visitor and wildlife. So an unidentified man um, was a a, a bison calf had separated from its mother and herd, okay? Mm -hmm. And it was crossing the Lamar River in the park. The calf was struggling, and the man helped push the calf up from the river and onto the roadway. Okay. Okay. Now, park regulators tell you to stay at least 25 yards away from most of the animals, including 100 yards away from bears and wolves, right? Right. So they say that approaching wild animals can affect their well-being and their ability to survive. And, again, they say that a 72-year-old woman recently was gored by a bison at Yellowstone Mm. because she was trying to take a picture with it. So the calf was later seen that that this guy helped rescue. The calf was later seen by visitors walking up to and following both cars and people. And it was creating a hazard for those nearby. Quote, interference by people can cause wildlife to reject their offspring. They said the park rangers failed to be able to reunite the calf with the herd and its mother, and they decided that they had to euthanize the calf because it was abandoned by its herd and it was causing a hazardous situation to approaching cars and people along the roadway. Said they uh, released an unidentified image of the man lifting the calf from the river. Um... They say if found guilty of any wrongdoing, the man could be charged with a Class B misdemeanor and could face up to six months in jail and a $5,000 fine. Wow. The charge would include disturbing wildlife, disorderly conduct, and approaching wildlife. Um, The National Park Services is asking for anyone who was in the area on May 20th and has any information to contact the Yellowstone National Park trip line. But again, you know, I I know people like to see the animals in the wild and this, that, and the other. But you're not doing an... Uh, look, you're going to go home to your house. Right. The calf is trying to go home with you. <laughs> right. You know, this is not... This is not... Um, uh, oh, God, what was that movie? Um, what was the movie with Billy Crystal and Jack Plants? Um, where, where, where they were on, on holiday and... Oh, uh... Oh, well... City's, uh, City Slickers. City Slickers, yes. Yeah. yeah, this isn't City Slickers. It's not cool to go up to the wild animals. Yes. And again, you know, you go up to a wild animal like that, what happens if you encounter its mother? 
Right. You know? Right. But again, I know people want to, I know people think they're doing the right thing by, you know, helping the animals and stuff like that. But guess what? That's that's called natural selection. That's what it is. The strong will survive. If that right. calf can't make it, then the calf dies and again, it it will it will just go back to nature, right? I mean, right. that's that's how that works in the social circle of animal life. I I get the idea of, you know, feeling good, but again, you know, you approach the wrong animal, you know, and people right. get gored by these animals and stuff like that. I don't have sympathy for some of these people though. Like when they get gored, like again, you're you're supposed to stay far away from bears and things like that. Like they're not tame. They're not they're right. not pets. They're, they're caught wild yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I mean, when it comes to John Chuckery, listen, Georgia rattlesnakes don't make good house pets, right? <laughs> anyway. That was the old old JR JR uh, Jim Ross uh, line. Yeah. Rattlesnakes don't make good corporate pets. <laughs> anyway, how about this? Scientists say that they found a chapter of the Bible hidden under a section of text for more than a thousand years. Scientists say that they have found an old version of a Bible chapter that was hidden underneath a section of text for more than 1,500 years. Uh, Grigory Kessel, a historian at the Austrian Academy of Sciences, announced the discovery earlier this year in an article in New Testament Studies, a peer-reviewed academic journal published by Cambridge University Press. He said he used ultraviolet photography to see the earlier text under three layers of words written on a uh, palimpsest, an ancient manuscript that people used to use to write over other words, but often left traces of the original writing behind. Um, They were used in ancient times due to the scarcity of parchment. Words would be written on the material repeatedly until several layers covered the hidden words underneath. Wow. So you know like how when you like when you go and write, you take your pen and you mm-hmm. like like the word S and you'll right. draw it like five different times to, to darken it and make it look, you know. So that's how they discovered this. Um, they said a news release that the text was an extended um, unseen version of chapter 12 in the book of Matthew that was originally part of the old Syriac translations of the Bible some 1500 years ago said he made the discovery in the manuscript held at the Vatican Library. They said the manuscript offers a unique gateway for researchers to understand the earliest phrases, or sorry, phases of the Bible's textual evolution, according to the news release. For instance, according to the release, original Greek version of Matthew 12.1, which is the most commonly used today, said, quote, At the time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. The new version is slightly different. It said, began to pick the heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and then eat them. Now, I don't know what the the big difference is. I mean, other than rubbing them in their hands, but it is interesting that that that, that's what they're talking about in there. So there you go. New Bible verses and things like that. Wow. So uh, that's pretty cool, though. Actually, you that know, is to, to discover something like that. All right, um, happy birthday today to Mike Myers. 
obviously one of the great cast members of SNL of all time, obviously Austin Powers. Have you ever seen the movie? This, I'm telling you, like this is his funniest movie. It's not Wayne and Garth and, and Austin Powers. Have you ever seen the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer? I remember it. And I, it's one of those movies where it was like it would be on in the background because I didn't go see it in the theater. But like it would come on and I would just let it stay on. So I never paid attention to it. But I do remember that movie. Very funny. Yeah. Very. What is her name? Nancy Travis, I believe, is in that movie. That's his girlfriend right. or whatever. Very funny movie. Very, very okay. funny. His, so I'll actually he, watch he's, it then. <laughs> he. He is. He plays his. His plays his father in the movie as an older. Like he's dressed up as an older character. Right. Very funny movie. The the whole thing with the poet. He's at one of those bars where they read poetry or whatever right. like that. They cite recite poems and they got the jazz band and oh yeah, so funny. Very very funny movie. That's his best movie. Okay. That's his best movie. So with that tonight. Uh huh. Tonight's top ten list. Not your favorite cast members. Right. But your least favorite cast members from Saturday Night Live of all time. Day Day, the floor is yours. All right, so I know I'll probably catch a lot of heat for some of these, but I don't care because it's just my least favorite. doesn't mean I don't like them at all. Just least favorite. All right, so at the top, believe it or not, I got David Spade. Oh, I've got David Spade on my list as well. Yeah. Not funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's (laughs) not funny. No, I mean, sorry, but I mean, he's on my list as well. Uh, Dana Carverson. I mean, Carvey. Dana Carvey. Oh, Sorry, I just don't. He uh, doesn't do it for me. Sorry. You know, his movies are awful. His Th- and movies I think are that's awful. what it is. Yeah. I think his it's movies the movies. Yes. I think it's his, the movies. His movies. That that movie where he was, oh, God. That movie where he played, like, all these different characters. Yeah. He was, like, a spy or something like that. But awful. Yeah. Like, his movies are awful. Yeah, and that's probably, that's, you know, again, because, and it's hard for the stand-up, that, that Saturday Night Live skit stuff to right. translate into. right. You know, oh yeah, yeah, big absolutely. screen and right. all that stuff. Right. So I get it. Uh, this the new one of the newer guys. I I don't get the the craze about him, but Pete Davidson. Oh, like, I, he's on my list as well. Like he's I not don't funny. Yeah, I don't not funny I don't at all. See what the craze and, is, and about he's him. banging everybody. Right. <laughs> like he's got a list. I mean, he's banging everybody. Right. right? Ariana Grande, yeah. and Kim Kardashian. Like he's got a whole list of people, and he's not funny. No. He's not funny at all. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. know. You know. You know. He jokes about. You know. His dad died in the 9-11 attacks. Oh, no. His dad was in the World Trade Center oh, wow. and died and died in the 9-11 attacks. Wow. Um, but he jokes about it. I mean, he's, you know, he he's he's done roasts and different things like that. Right. He, he does make jokes about it. But, again, his dad did die in, wow. in the 9-11 I attacks. I did not know that But him. he's still not funny. No, he's not. He's, he's, he's not funny. Yeah. Um, Chris Farley, again, the movies. Really? Just, yeah, the movies. Oh. I just felt like he was over the top with some of his characters. Now, I did like, uh, what's the one, um... Uh, where uh, him and um, Spade, uh, his dad was the owner of the company. Oh, uh, uh, was that, that wasn't Black Sheep. No. Um, uh, what's the other one that he did? Uh, um, I can't remember that one because they did a couple together. Yeah, his his movies were okay, but I think he's very funny. Yeah. You know, he's the, when he's the motivational speaker in the van down by the river. <laughs> like, that was great stuff, and he just – he was just, I think he was just naturally funny. Yeah. I, I do. I, I, I like him. I, I I will say I liked him better on SNL than I did in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Tina Fey, I'm not really. Really? Yeah, she's okay. Like, she doesn't, you know, I don't get it. Uh, Leslie Jones. Um, to me, she you know, can be a little over the top. I, I almost put her on my list. Really? I want to like her. I want to uh-huh. like her. But she, listen, 
that Ghostbusters movie they all did yeah. is dreadful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I. You almost I, had her I, down. I almost put her down. I want to like her. I yeah. think she's just. I think she's kind of naturally funny. Right. And I want to like her, but I, I after seeing that Ghostbusters movie, like yeah. I, I, I would have. I would have. Listen, I would have gone up to the. If I would went to the theater to see that movie. I would have gone up to the counter and got your and money de- back. Yeah, demanded my money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have thrown a fit if they wouldn't give me my money back. All right. Um, was it Amy Feeler? Oh, Amy Poehler. Poehler. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Listen, I, her and Tina Fey when they host together uh, on like these award shows. Now like that been the, uh, they do good to that, but together. I don't. I just again on SNL. Oh, I think, yeah, I think she's. Ve- I thought she's very funny. Wow. I thought she's always very funny. Jay Farrell, he's he's he, hit I or got miss. Him. I, I have him on my list. He's, I don't think he's funny yeah, at all. Yeah, he's hit or he miss. He tries too hard. He's yeah. not funny. And then uh, lastly is uh, Andy um, Samberg. And I, you know what? I think part of it for me is like SNL had like in the seventies and eighties. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bill Murray and Eddie I Murphy. I mean, they and Kevin had yeah, right. John Belushi. Star, right, in the work, right. like but, how we but, say it in sports, they had studs. But 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 I will tell you though. I, listen, the the Phil. I love Dana Carvey. The Phil Hartman era and all that is fantastic. Yeah. Like Phil Hartman's one of the funniest characters of all time. Right. And, and I'll tell you the the guy who just left. I think Keenan Thompson's the most Kenan, underrated. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. I think he's the most underrated yes. cast member in history he is. for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he's I would agree phenomenal. With that. Yep. Everything he did yep. was funny. Yep. All right, here's my list. I got Jay Farrell on my list as well. I got David Spade on my list. I had Pete Davidson uh as well. Um Chris Catan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know the the what is it? Mongo or the uh, monkey cat? Okay. I mean, I don't know. He's not funny, uh, and and he wasn't. And again, the reason that the 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 Farrelly brothers was funny is because right. of Will Ferrell. But because that's, of Will that's Ferrell, why, right. that's why they were funny. Is exactly. because well, it wasn't because of Chris Kattan. right? Um, Bobby Moynihan, um, Horatio Sands, who was there forever, yeah. and he wasn't funny. Um, Michael Che is another okay. one that isn't isn't very funny. He does some of the whatever like that. Right. Uh, Colin, what is it, Jost or? Yo, oh Yust? yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy who's married, uh, Black Widow. Yes, he's, he's uh, married, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, husband. he's married yes. to Scarlett. Jo- I don't know how he landed her, but <laughs> he, me I mean, he's, he's not funny. <laughs> he needs a punch in the face. But anyway, um, Brad Hall. Do you know who he is? I don't. Who does he, he typically play? He was. He was in the with Joe Piscopo and Eddie oh, Murphy. Oh, so he's married to the Ju- dark. Is the dark hair? No, uh, tall blonde guy. Tall blonde hair. Okay, he's married to. Uh, Julie, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Or oh, whatever. okay. The girl from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Veep yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. He's married to her. He's been oh, wow. married to her. They met on Saturday Night Live and they've been married wow. for now, forever. I love today. her, man. She's funny. Yeah, she's funny, but he's not. He's not <laughs> funny uh, at all. And then uh, my last one is from that group with um, Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman and those guys. Anna Gasteyer. Like, she's not funny at all. Like, I. I, I didn't find her funny, uh, you know, so yeah, there yeah. you go. All right, there's our top ten list. Um, <laughs> give us your thoughts about who's not funny on Saturday Night Live. When we come back, our buddy Gabe Burns joined us earlier in the show, what he had to say. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 929 Game, Odyssey.com app.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery's show, live on this Thursday evening with you. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, Falcons are in OTA. Braves with a good win last night against the Dodgers. Now open up a big series against Philadelphia. Falcon, or, sorry, Hawks, uh, obviously. We're trying to figure out what the offseason is going to bring. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Gabe Burns. He's the sports feature writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work, and he's on Twitter, at AJC. Gabe, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes with us tonight. Absolutely. Always happy to come on. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much into one particular game, but it did feel like last night was a game that the Braves really needed to, to win. I mean, obviously there's been struggles in the regular season the last couple of years against the Dodgers. Bryce Elder was really good last night, but that felt like a game that they just needed to kind of get off the schneid heading into this Philadelphia series. You know, that's exactly what I told somebody uh, right after it ended. I was like, man, they really needed that one. And I'm the king of kind of downplaying baseball in May, honestly. Uh, there's not – because it, there's just not a lot of benefit to freaking out one way or another typically. But it did feel, you know, when <laughs> – when Ozzy hits that sack fly, it just it did feel like a relief, right? And we know the hit, there's a there's a strong history between these two clubs. And outside of the Braves getting them in 21, I mean this team has really had a ton of success against the Braves. And there's not many teams who could say that since 2018. So it did feel again like, look, they had a what I considered the worst series they've played in years in Toronto, and then they bounced back against. Texas and Seattle, who we know are two good teams. This was this series, though. It just it felt like a letdown. You know, when you have Stone and Miller there, it just this felt like a series that you should have taken two out of three. But the fact you weren't swept, you could just tell. Even in just seeing the celebration last night, it really did. It felt like just like just a sigh of relief. You know, Gabe, I think this is a big series starting with Philadelphia for these next four games. I mean. If you can take three out of four, you really put a gut punch into Philadelphia, and, and they start to get you know, pretty far behind. I mean, considering that you have to overcome three teams if you're going to win the division. But if Philadelphia can come in here and maybe take three out of four, all of a sudden this gets to be a, a tight division race. It, it just feels like that this – I don't want to say it's going to define the this, this season or anything like that. I mean, I'm not trying to be over the top, but – but there really does feel like this could be a swing series for these two clubs, you know, depending on which way this thing goes. It's an important one. And I will say, when we look back on last year, oh, there were several series against the Mets that we kind of pinpointed as 
you know, it, it, this one's important for one or the other. Uh, obviously, those two teams kind of traded blows, and then there at the very end, the Braves wound up winning it. But so you don't know how things are going to progress. But for where we are right now, this this does feel big, and it's it's a heck of an opportunity for the Braves to really kind of just keep pushing the Phillies back because I think the assumption that we're all making, and this might not come to fruition, but we're, we're all making an assumption that this Phillies team is going to really wake up at some point, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to hit their stride. They're going to come. And at that point, it's just a matter of, you know, are the Braves are the Braves going to be eight or nine games up at that point? Or is this going to be a four or five game difference where the Phillies can really close? So, that when we're talking about when I'm on here again in August and September, and we're talking about all this, you know, these games do they have they have a big effect, and the Phillies just they have not played their best, nowhere close to it. Uh, I think we know the player Trey Turner is certainly Braves fans know with all the damage he's done to them over the years, and he has not been that guy yet. So there's a lot of things that haven't clicked for them. We're assuming eventually it will, but this is a big weekend as far as yeah. Can Philadelphia kind of keep this thing close and not, you know, let it get off the rails? And for the Braves, it's an opportunity to just keep pushing them further back. So if that run does come, they'll have some breathing room. Gabe Burns on the waitfor.com hotline, sports feature writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining me here. You know, uh, Michael Soroka had arguably his, maybe his most important minor league start that he's had over these last couple of seasons. And again, I'm not so much worried about, you know, how quickly he's going to come up, but do you get the sense that the timetable is starting to move up to where he may be available sooner than later? It certainly looks and feels that way. And I, I say that with an abundance of caution uh, like anyone would, and the Braves would as well, and Michael, Michael, same thing. Uh, given the way that this saga has progressed, you can't say anything with too much confidence, but there's been a lot of encouraging signs with him. He's really been able to get his, you know, kind of, pardon the cliche, but get his work in down there and just build himself back up and this team was not going to rush him. I know even uh, when they were in Toronto, I know, you know when they had a vacant spot open for a starter, then a lot of people were like, oh, well, could Soroka, you know, wouldn't that be a great story if he came back and it was in Canada? And, yeah, I mean, of course that would have been a great story. But they're not under any pressure to rush him. And just given how every – you have to be so careful with this guy. It seems like we're at the point that he's – He's almost there. And, and, you know, again, things can change, but it does feel like we're not that far away from finally seeing him again. Uh, I would certainly say don't have – don't go in with any kind of sizable expectations because I just don't – I just don't think that's fair at this point because we simply do not know what he's going to provide. We know what he provided before the injury, and the fact that he's even going to be back out there at all will be a remarkable story, but – I mean, look, if he can come and just be a steady guy who can cover some innings and give this team a shot, given you know the state of their rotation and what they've been dealing with, uh, that'd be a huge win. How funny was it to see Freddie and Jason Hayward teammates again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't that feel like it was so long ago? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, and, and it's amazing the, the two paths those guys took. You know, we, we – Honestly, we all thought that Hayward was going to be the one that kind of had Freddie's career here, right? And to see the way that, you know, those two careers have gone, it's been really fascinating. And 
And look, they're both they're both really good guys, and we'll see. You know, uh, are the Braves going to see them in October? Uh, that'd be a pretty pretty big story, but uh, we got a lot of time until we're there. Let's uh, let's bounce around a little bit. Uh, Falcons obviously in their OTAs, and um, you know a lot of optimism right now. I mean, I, I was reading an article on NFL.com that um, the Falcons are the are the team that a lot of folks are jumping on the bandwagon for that that they feel like they can win the you know NFC South and could be one of the better teams and certainly a, a playoff team this upcoming season. I've said, Gabe, that I really think that the, the first thing I'm going to look at is they have to be, with all of the weapons they have on offense, they need to be an elite red zone team, that they need to be a 67% touchdown ratio red zone type of team. Offensively, how do you see this team performing? There certainly is a lot of weapons, and Desmond Ritter is going to have a lot of things to you know, listen, hand off, throw to. I mean, he's got a whole plethora of people that he's got behind him. Uh, I completely agree because when you look at especially the size that they have, there's no excuse. And when you have Algier and Robinson as well, there's no excuse. You have to be a great red zone team. And and the way that this team is going to play <clears throat> stylistically, the reality is you're going to be in a lot of close games. You know, when you're emphasizing running the ball, and I mean, they're just, they're going to play a lot of close games. So, red zone efficiency is going to be paramount. So, London, Pitts, I mean, we know the names. I think the, I think the story's really simple. You're going to find out if Ritter's your, your guy. And that's, I mean, everything else is great. There's plenty of reason for optimism. There's lots of sexy fantasy football talk with this team. The defense should be much improved. But, I mean, they, they've set Ritter up here, and it's it's a great thing for him, and it's a good thing for the franchise because they're going to take a look at this, and if it doesn't happen, they'll be able to pivot, and the next guy is going to have plenty to work with as well. So, I mean, you, you nailed it. Or He's going to have a lot to work with, and the red zone efficiency, how they perform there, I mean, no, it's not hyperbole. That's it. That's their season right there because, again, this team, just the way that they're built and the way they play, they're going to be in a lot of close games. And I'll tell you, Gabe, you know, when you look at their schedule, it's, it's, it is a, obviously a last-place schedule. But they're, besides the Falcons themselves, the whole division and most of the teams that they play, there are so many questions. I mean, again, we don't know what Jordan Love and the Packers are going to look like. I know they've got players, but are, are they going to be the same as they were under A.A. Ron? I mean, you know, Arizona is one of the worst rosters in, in the NFL, but anytime you go out west to try to play that team, they could be pretty good. You know, they, they, they obviously the division is just a jumbled mess right now. Like, when you look at their schedule, there's just so many questions about, okay, who could be good, who may not be good. I mean, I, I don't really have a handle on how many good teams that there really are on the Falcons' schedule this year. And you know what is so funny about that is – there are shows all across America in the NFC saying this exact same thing. Yeah. Because when you, you look at the conference, I mean, there's really – you feel good about the Eagles, you feel good about Dallas, uh, and you feel good about San Francisco, their quarterback situation notwithstanding. But, I mean, I don't think anyone would be shocked if, like, Seattle took a step back after, you know, a surprising year. Same thing for the Giants. They surprised last year. Sometimes these teams take a step back. There's not really much to feel great about. And for a team like the Falcons that is theoretically moving moving up with all the moves they made, that's great news. But it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a lot of teams. Like I've, Arizona's got the worst roster in the league by far. 
But you're right. You know, you don't know. You're going out there. You, you just don't know. And then in the, the NFC South, uh, my rule with this stuff is that these bad divisions sometimes they don't they don't stay that way. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams wins ten, the other wins nine. Like I, it's it's going to be better than it was a year ago. And you look around the NFC. I mean, there's going to have to be a couple of surprise teams. And I don't even know if the Falcons would be fairly considered a surprise team at this point because of the buzz and because of what they've done. But they're certainly in great position to be one of those that jumps from out of the mix into the playoffs. So I have said repeatedly on my show that there are two questions that I want to ask Tony Ressler. I want to sit down and put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around him for two questions. Number one is, are we going in the luxury tax this year? I know all the hyperbole about when it's right, when it's proper, this, that, and the other. Okay, I know the talking points, but are we going in the luxury tax this year? Because currently the roster is in the luxury tax as it stands right now. That's the first question. And then what is Quinn Snyder's pecking order as far as player personnel goes? That's the two questions I have for Tony Ressler. How do you think you answer those two questions? Well, as far as the luxury tax goes, uh, you just said, you know, oh, when the time is right. I'll ask if, if the time is not right right now, when when exactly is the time right? And I know that mm -hmm. people would go, oh, well, this team is not a, you know, they're not a top three seed. They're not a favorite. But in order to get there, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to be in the tax, yep. especially with what you've already invested in this team. You're going to have to pay – you're either paying Murray or if something's not going to work out, then you're moving parts and whoever it is that's going to help you get to that next level, you're paying them as well. If that's multiple players, if that's another player, whatever it is, the reality is you're just not, you're not going to the finals and ducking the luxury tax in most, uh, in most instances, barring something very rare. And that's not going to happen here because you already have obviously Trey Young's contract. And if you do wind up paying DeJounte. So the reality is if this team is going to eventually break through, they're just going to have to pay the tax and whatever the roster looks like, that's just, that's just the reality of it. So that's going to happen. That's it's going to have to happen this year. And if you're going to maintain this team, if you're going to have sustained success, then you're going to have to do it there as well. And as far as as far as the players go, um, it seems like Quinn and Trey Young have been a nice fit so far. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as talking about all of the trade rumors, frankly, I know that there was the report out there the other day about the Lakers. I mean, I'm sure the Lakers are looking at everybody, whatever. That has nothing to do with what the Hawks want to do. Um, so right now, I think it behooves you to just stick with Trey, roll into this next season and see. But the big question, it is, it's DeJounte, and it's going to be, you know, if he's going to be a guy that sticks here long term. And that's not going to be a question that we have a quick answer for. I will say, I feel like, I said this last offseason, I feel like this is the offseason that John Collins has finally moved. But frankly, I mean, I feel like two years from now, I could be on here and we could still be talking about John Collins getting moved, right? So yeah, I, I mean, we'll I, I, I'm with you. At some point that, you know, the, the smoke becomes fire at some point. I mean, it, it, it just you can't keep having this smoke on the fire and, and not get a flame for it. So we'll see what happens. You can check out all of his work at AJC.com, sports feature writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Gabe Burns joined me here on the waitfor.com hotline at Gabe Burns AJC on Twitter. Gabe, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. We will talk again here soon. Yeah, sure thing. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.